We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. I'm your host, Scott Kuykendall, and joining us today is former men's basketball player, All-America performer, and honorable mention All-America performer, Darius Johnson Odom. We, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's start with the most recent first. I mean... Marquette fans, sports fans in general, needed uh, something like the TBT uh, this summer. And you guys didn't disappoint. And we'll get into some of the details, but maybe if you could just give your overall thoughts on, I mean, obviously it's great you went one, but the whole process and, and start to finish. Well, the process is, it, it was, you know, very challenging, uh, especially during times like this with COVID, um, with stuff that's going on as far as um, injustice, um, things I think for us, I think the goal was to win, but we also knew that 
sports was something needed for everyone to, you know, feel um, home again, to make everybody feel just a little bit better on something. And um, I think we came together, you know, as a, as a group and we provided that. Now, um, the process was, like I said, challenging because we had to be away from our families for, um, for us, we did, you know, three weeks because we did training camp in Milwaukee. Then we had to do the two weeks in the bubble um, as far as TBT. So um, I think we all, you know, take take this as something important. We take this was was something that is going to be, you know, stoned in our graves. It's something that we're going to take, you know, with us. It was an important moment for everybody. And um, just to come as a good a group, as Marquette alumni, guys that play together, I think that was uh, also vital to, you know, us winning. You talk about uh, being away from a family. I mean, you know, your kids grow up so fast now. I mean, you've been gone a few years, and now you're a dad. And, uh, you know, relatively recently, no, now I know that had to be tough to be separated, right, when you're already yeah. gone for most of the season. Yeah, um, especially, like I said, this with COVID, you don't know, you know, you don't know what's, what could happen with her. You don't know what's going to happen with a family member that's, uh, that she's, she's watching. So it's a lot of things racing in your head as far as uh, dealing with this pandemic. Pandemic, and um, I think for me, I just had to home in and have the support with my guys, knowing that they were away from their families as well. And I think that us being around each other every day kind of helped us, you know, um, not get over being over our families, but helped us um, as far as kind of homing over it a little bit, trying to just overcome, you know, that uh, we're away from our kids, our wives, girlfriends, whatever it may be. Um, and just try to stay together. Is your daughter old enough to kind of realize what was going on and that you were you were gone or knows what's going on on TV when she's watching that kind of thing? Uh, she knows we won, and she knows that we won some money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she knows she knows that dad dad wanted to play basketball and won some money. So I think she does know it was for a good cause. <laughs> The cause being her, I think you stated an interview, you put some some of it towards her college money. And then I know you guys said you were going to give a little to the foundation sideline cancer was representing as well. Uh, of course. I think that that was uh, something that any team that, that would have played against them in the championship should have done. Um, you know, they're doing it the right way, doing it for the right cause. So I, I thought we thought that it was important that, you know, we also gave something back to them. Now, you weren't obviously new to the TBT. You played for Marquette team. You played for another team uh, last year uh, and then are back this year. I assume last year you've watched the teams run. Obviously, you know the guys uh, that were on the team. Did you feel like you could be kind of that added dimension that the team needed? And I know Joe and, and Dan talked about needing kind of a second guy that could go get a basket along with, uh, with bikes. Um, yeah, um, that's what, you know, the guys kept telling me, um, before TBT and, uh, Mo was the, you know, the one that kept, kept calling, kept making sure that I was replying to text messages and stayed on me about making sure I was going to play. Cause he, he felt the same that I could have been that piece for them the year before. And, um, uh, I thought for sure they would have won last year, honestly, but, uh, I guess that with me, I guess, you know, I could have helped just maybe a little bit more. Could have pushed him right over the edge, and we're never gonna know. But um, luckily, we got it this year. 
Now, I know, obviously, like I said, you've played before and, and you knew that this wasn't just show up and roll the ball out. I mean, Joe Chapman, Joe Chapman puts you guys through the paces. And I know when I saw you at training camp, you're never a guy that's going to, you know, not say what's on your mind, right? You were, uh, you guys were pushed. I saw a video, you guys throwing like weighted, you know, uh, weights around and running outside and doing sprints and all that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I enjoyed it because, um, I haven't got that here back home in Raleigh. Uh, it's kind of hard because, you know, certain gyms aren't open. And, uh, but, yeah, like I said, Joe Joe definitely pushed us. And and one thing people don't understand about TBT, uh, you can't just have a talented team and just think you're going to win. You have to have some type of camaraderie. Um, egos have to be, you know, left at the door. And you have to you have to actually have a team that understands basketball, understands their teammates, um, intangibles. Like you have to have all that's needed to win any type of game in basketball, any level. And uh, Joe definitely provided that, and I think that was one of the main reasons we won. Um, he was just he did a great job coaching, um, adapting to players, and um, it, it worked out. You guys talk a lot about throughout you know, the tournament, the, the camaraderie that you mentioned too. Maybe just give us a little glimpse into what that was like. And I, I think you're starting to hear that a little bit from the NBA guys now too, right? They're spending yeah. a lot more time with each other because there just aren't places to go or they're not doing commercials or whatever else. But I think you said or somebody else said that, you know, their doors were all unlocked. Guys were just kind of coming in and out of each other's room most of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you one guy that's like just – Everybody loves them, bikes, the white bikes, you know, because he always has a hot energy. Um, he's never, like, really tired. He's just a guy that you – a lot of people love to be around, and uh, his energy was great just being the bikes that, you know, we all know. And uh, I think, you know, like I, like we said, we, everybody's been saying, we just honed in on being together. Like, we were just back at Marquette and – and um and, and and spending time together just like that, and um I think guys really enjoyed it. I know, you know, doing all of this, you know, stuff can be really tough just being at home, not knowing your next situation as far as basketball. And uh, for us to come together at a time like this with TBT and be around guys we actually knew, actually went to school with, uh, played with professionally, um, it was just great, and um, it's, it's an experience that you can really never forget. You talk obviously about the camaraderie, but maybe talk a little about, you know, what you guys did all day. I know there was 2K, there was cards, there was probably some jokes being told, some by you, maybe, one or two by you. <laughs> well, I, 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 would only, I would pick on Mo the most because me and Mo's relationship is kind of built off jokes and just being, you know, a-holes to one another. Um, but, like, so most of the time – Practice was more during the afternoon, so guys will wake up. The first guy you can hear is Bites playing music uh, at 9.30 in the morning. Um, and you can see everybody's doors open, and uh, everybody's in either Bites or Joe's room. And um, it's a lot of NBA 2K. Uh, it's a lot of uh, card games. A lot of competitive stuff that a lot of just, you know, men do, you know, hanging around each other. And, uh, of course, a lot of beers and a lot of wine. Uh, but, uh, you know, we found out found a way, you know, just to make it the best 
that we could. You know, you know, the white bikes is uh, a great, a great part of it. Um, he is a guy that has high level. Eighteen hours out the day, probably six hours he's sleeping, and uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was great. You know, I think that that uh, that that energy he brought, just having guys being around each other, um, it was something that you know I don't think a lot of teams had. How close? I heard rumors that you guys were maybe going to red eye to Vegas if you won. How uh, how close did that come to happening? It didn't. It didn't come close at all. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of upset. Now the guys had the guys had drove down from Milwaukee, uh, so they had to drive back. Um, so you know that red eye was out of out of the plans. But uh, they've done a lot lately. On you know the NBA guys are in the bubble now, and that's that's totally different, obviously. But uh, a story on you know some of the the random things guys had to have, like they couldn't survive without. Was there anything that you brought with you that you knew you were going to need with two or three weeks in quarantine, or Brought my iPad. I mean, it was nothing that I really needed. You know, like I said, I mean, food. I mean, it was nothing that I really needed. Now, being overseas, you don't have every exact thing that you need, but you may do, and you with what you can have, what you can get. So, I didn't see any difference from that. And um, being around guys that I knew was just something that actually made it a lot easier. So, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of overseas, let's transition. We have breaking news. Uh, <laughs> well, in two days when this airs, it won't be as breaking news. But you have a new team. And uh, as it turns out, you get, are going to play with Luke Fisher. Uh, and I think this is your first – will be your first trip to France? Or no, have you been in France before? No, this is my first year in France. First year. Um, so, I'm able to play with Luke. So, let's see if this TBT thing is uh, – We'll bring us good luck here in France. And you, I know you had said you were maybe looking at Germany. And and the information I have said so this will be your ninth country, I believe. Uh, ninth. This will be my ninth year as a professional. Ninth year as a professional. And, and you've also been to Russia, China, Italy, Turkey, and Greece. Yep. And then obviously the United States with the G League, a little bit of the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I know when we talked, uh, when you were here earlier for the training camp, you had thought Italy was your favorite. Maybe talk a little bit about why that was the case. And I know you uh, played with Travis at one point too, right? Yeah, that was great playing with him. Uh, Italy just has been one of my favorites because of the people. Uh, obviously, of course, it was food. Um, but, you know, they, they welcome you. Uh, and it make, they make you feel like a, a close-knit family. Uh, with the people you meet in Italy. And uh, it was just, for me, it was a great all-around experience um, just being there, uh, being able to see some of the cultural things they have in Italy. Um, and, it's you know, it's, it's been very good to me. Did we go uh, to Italy when you were here on a foreign tour or no? We can't no, remember. we didn't. No, we didn't. Because you missed because it was just the three years. No, I've, I've been, like, on five trips. It's great. It's It's one of my favorites for sure. Talking about, you know, the TBT and, and where you're at in your career and any of the guys that are playing. And, and I know, obviously, you know, being part of the Marquette family, representing Marquette was a big part of it. But also individually, too, everybody that plays knows, or especially this year, there's no other basketball going on. The, the eyes of the world 
not only fans, but GMs, coaches, NBA teams, overseas teams. We're all watching you guys. And, and I know you feel like that might have helped a little bit because there won't be as many probably opportunities this year for uh, as many players that usually are with, with all that's going on with COVID. Yeah, I, for me, um, and I like a lot of guys, just being able to play on that stage is big. Um, like you said, there's no, there's no sports, no basketball, nothing. Um, that's really on. Uh, you know, I was waking up during that whole TV time watching. They had a cornhole uh, <laughs> bike uh, ball or whatever that may be on. So it, for a lot of – it was 100 and maybe 80 countries watching. So um, the opportunity with this COVID thing is slim. You don't know what jobs – and what jobs for good money, and if you're going to get your money, uh, you don't know what position that may be in in the next month or two months. So for me, um, I knew France was a country that was going to play. Um, I know France uh, sports is and, and government are real big on, you know, um, as far as making economic pushes for their sports, as far as whatever sport that may be, soccer, basketball, they work together and it's, it's, it's vital for their country um, to see of any type of sports. So for me, it was just to make a decision on uh, me knowing uh, whether we're going to play, me knowing that I can get most of my money and me knowing for sure that it was a safe place. Uh, I'm only a, and I'm an hour and a half away from Paris. So um, I think it was just, you know, it was the style of living, um, I was close to a major city, and it was something that I, w I was sure on that you know all those three things could be certain. Well, and it's got to be a big relief for you too. I mean, you've got hopefully about a month at home. You've got responsibilities now, family-wise, where it's not just you that you're worried about, right? And it and and it's a really good league as far as competition, right? Right, right, right. You know, it's the first league in France, um, and I talked to some guys, DJ Strawberry. Um, Dominique Johnson, some guys that who've played there said, you know, the coach is really good. Is is my style of play, coach. I talked to the coach, uh, and he just seemed like a very you know settled guy, like uh, very calm. And uh, I think you know, majority of people want to play somewhere that it, it's stress free, and, uh, somewhere that they can live, somewhere that they can you know enjoy their time while being there. And uh, I think that's somewhere that me and Luke, you know, would definitely uh, enjoy. Does it seem like it's, I mean, when you look back to Marquette days, as we, as we kind of go back there now, I mean, does it seem like it was just yesterday or does it, you know, I know you've, no, it doesn't. It, I mean, you're getting up there now. I mean, you're 30, huh? That's, yeah, it'd be 31 in September. It does not feel like it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> and I'm surprised that, I mean, I can still, luckily, I can still see stuff on YouTube and I have all, I think I have all my games. Really? I have all my market game on DVD, and um, and I forget sometimes. I run across games. I'm like, dang, that was a good game. <laughs> um, so it does not feel like it was yesterday. Um, I can remember a lot of good good moments, a lot of bad moments, but um, it does not feel like it was yesterday. Well, there's a lot more good than bad. I would, I would yeah. argue that. But what? Who are the guys that you keep in contact with the most? 
Uh, you know, obviously, maybe outside of guys on the, the TDT team now that you probably you might moving forward. Uh, I talked to Jimmy. Um, I worked out with Jimmy about a year ago, two years ago, last time. Um, we were able to meet up and work, and uh, he showed me like why. Why Jimmy is Jimmy, uh, <laughs> and I thought I mean I thought I worked, and, and I saw how Jimmy worked. It was a little different. Um, I still talk to, of course, the guys from TBT. Um, Juan, I talk to a lot. Um, yeah, great story by Juan. That's crazy, the journey he's taken. Yeah, Juan's a good guy. Juan's a great guy. Um, I still talk to Joe Foles. Uh, was I know Mello came and worked out. Was that – you keep in touch with him too, right? I keep in touch. It's not um, – we talk, you know, throughout the year, but it's not like we talk every day. And most guys, I don't know, uh, I don't talk to most guys every day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we do check up on each other and make sure everybody's okay, family and stuff. So those are some guys, you know, like I said, the TBT guys and Juan, Derek. I seen Derek this past year because his girlfriend played in Milan. So I was able to see him. And uh, Mo, of course, Rail. Um, I still talk to Dwight Burke. Check up on him. Um, so um, yeah, those guys, you know, we uh, we get up and talk and chat, see how everything is going. I couldn't believe Terrell got married without his uh, his boy Mo there. That had to be hard for him. Yeah, that was that had to be tough. I was surprised. I was shocked too. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Mo missed he, out. He must not have thought out. you guys were going to make it that far. That's why he scheduled it. Maybe he could have, but now Mo has a has a good reason on why he missed it. When you talk about, uh, or when you look back at your Marquette days, I mean, are you able to summarize in, you know, a few sentences or what it meant to you or, or how you grew or all, all those things? I mean, I know you, you came in as a highly touted player, you know, from junior college, and I think the expectations were there. Uh, I know they were, and, and you – came through on, on a really good team with a lot of guys that uh, were able to contribute. Yeah, coming in, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm coming in with the white bikes, and I when I first saw the white, I was like, there's no way I'm about, I'm about to play. Like, he was just – he was basically almost the same player he is now when he was – like, when we would play open gym. And it was just – I, I I just didn't see me playing, so I had to figure out how to way to stay on the court. And I knew we had Lazar, I knew we had Jimmy, and I knew I had to figure out a way to make shots and play in defense. And um, so coming in, I just didn't know. I didn't know if I could make it at first. And I had to, you know, get through that. I had a foot injury, had to get through that, and then I had to try to still be able to get through Buzz, who was just one of the toughest I, coaches I ever had at the time. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what expectations were on me. So um, for me, I, I thought I, I, I overachieved. Um, and I was, I, I feel like I had a great, great career at Marquette, you know, because I just didn't understand at the moment um, what I was doing. At, yeah. Whether, as far as stats, as far as I knew they were okay 
but I didn't understand how where how it could propel me to be the player I am today. Um, so, to, and I was just scared of the Jesus of Lazard, and he, and that's one of the guys I actually talked to the most. Is Lazard? I forgot to throw his name in there. Um, but yeah. So and he kind of helped me. He kind of grew me into that into that that guy too. He's his mentality was just work, work, work. And if it, somebody beats you, try to outwork him again. Yeah. And, and that was on and off the court. And um, Lazar actually he helped me a lot when I first got there. Kind of showed me the way of how to work and how to compete. Uh, and um, I just happened to, happy that you know I was able to um, overachieve and and do the things that I did to market. I talked to uh, Otule a few weeks ago, uh, you know, and he's in Houston now, close to Buzz and those guys. And I asked him, I said, hey, you been down to visit him. He's like, no, I'm not going up. I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. and doing whatever crazy stuff they're doing or boot camp. He started almost, he got emotional when we started talking about boot camp. But I mean, that was the essence of, of what Buzz was about, right? And going through those preseason and just coming together as a team. Yeah, I don't. It was different, but I like the the stuff that I, that he had us doing. I just never had went through that, and you know, like I said, I, I played JUCO, and the stuff Buzz was doing it was it was just it propelled you to be another, not only basketball player, but as a man, he kind of tested that because you don't want to look like the weakest link in the group, and he pushed you to you know, kind of not want to be that guy. And uh, I don't think a lot of kids are even ready for what he was doing. If he did that now, he would probably be fired, like, the next two weeks. I think it's – I'm talking about if he did what he did when I was in school the first two years, he would be fired for sure. <laughs> and it was nothing really crazy. It wasn't illegal. It was, it was just like it, it, you just couldn't – like, it was – you thought it was insanity. And it was nothing – like, no, it was crazy, but nothing like where he was just making you – Let me ask you this. Do you think it wouldn't be so much what he was doing – do you think players have changed, where players would bail based on – they'd have players, – Players have changed. Yeah. And that's why it would be an issue more than anything. It's just guys, yeah, totally. this is too hard, I'm out. Yeah. That – that and – I think uh, a lot of it has to do with like social media too, because a lot of kids get a lot of exposure, and some kids are just not ready, you know, for to grind it out like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for sure, a lot of players have quit. Was there? Was there? You know, you talked about really not knowing, you know, struggling and and overachieving. But was there a, a moment? Do you remember where you were like, "I belong here." Or was there a game, or was it just more of the process, like you talked about? By the time you just got more comfortable. Mm, there was a game. The 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 Paul game my sophomore year. The Paul game your sophomore year at Marquette. Okay. Um, and it was on ESPN because it was rivalry week, and it was probably one of my best games I had up to that point. And um, I was just everywhere that night on the floor, offensively, defensively. Um, and I just remember hearing Fran from Schiller say, like, I didn't know how good I was. 
And I like, and I kept rewinding how I like just hearing him saying that. Because at that time, I guess I really didn't. I just thought, well, shoot, I had a lucky night tonight. And um, I and I took that in and kind of, that was like my spark, like just, just, just to keep working, just to keep working, just to keep working, try to improve on this. And I took my game more serious just just from hearing that from some, somebody on, an, on a, a national broadcast. What is there one area of your game you think you've worked on the most since you left Marquette? Uh, I can tell you because it, it was it was actually processed in my head. So my first year, I knew I was playing with Lazar and Jimmy and Mo. I'm like, I'm, I'm probably not gonna have the ball a lot, so I probably should know how to make shots, uh, spot up shots at that. And that year, I shot 47 percent from 30. Um, I think I averaged like. 13, 14 in Big East. So the next year, I knew Jimmy. I knew Jimmy was going to be the focus, and Zar was gone, so I would have the ball just a little bit more. Bites um, will also have more opportunity with the ball, so I knew I would have to work on my middle game, because um, now I know people know I can shoot. Forty-seven percent. Okay, shot fake. Now I work on mid-range game and getting to the rim. And then by the time my senior year, um, I was just it was me, me, Jay, and some other, and uh, the rest of our team. I knew that the focal point was going to be on me and Jay, and I was going to have to do everything more, a little bit more of everything. And uh, I just try to add each year based on who I was playing with, my team, and what the system was with Buzz. And, and I think that it, that's awesome that you did that. But I think every guy's like that, right, too. I mean, and, and they made that point during the TBT. Like, everybody that was on the team is better than what they were at Marquette. It doesn't, like, you don't peak, right? And right. you guys know what you need to work on, and you continue to do it year after year. I mean, you say Bikes is basically the same player, but he's a better version of himself than when he was at Marquette. Right, right. And – like not saying that he didn't get better, but I'm saying maybe his his pace has changed in how he play, or he knows when to attack. Maybe it's just the little things that change your game that can make you uh, that much of a better player. And, uh, and especially the older you get, you start to know it, notice certain things that you weren't weren't able to do when you were 22 that you that you can you know what I'm saying that you really can't do now sometimes. So uh, I think. A lot of that has changed as well. I know, uh, you know as a fellow lefty, you know, I appreciate uh, your skills even more. I've got, you know, there's pictures of my office of you, a tennis player who's a lefty. And, but I, I always find it fascinating that you've all, you're left-handed, but you dunk right. Almost yeah, I don't, know, I, don't know what, I don't know what's up with that. You have to ask the doctor. No, I'm <laughs> I, I mean, I, the best I can say, I'm ambidextrous, and that's all I got for you. And because I, I kick with my right leg, okay, I don't really know. Like, some stuff I don't know what hand I can use. Like, when I golf, I can actually use both hands. But I really think my left hand is better. I can't do it either. So, like, I just probably started dunking with my left hand probably, like, three years ago. One of those interesting. I, I write right-handed. I throw a football right-handed. I really, I just think my right, I guess my right hand would be my power hand, I, I would guess. 
Yeah, that works. I mean, if I could dunk, if I could dunk right-handed, I would. Or left-handed, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so I love when people say force and right. Like people, I don't know if people know the scouting report. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of scouting reports, good transition. I don't know if you did that for me. So it's just funny. Eurobasket is like my way to keep up with you guys. It's it's a pretty good site and usually fairly accurate. Some of it a little bit lost in transition, but I wanted to read some of uh, the scouting report and see if you agree. I don't know that okay. I agree with all of you. Runs hard in transition. Eh. Uh, <laughs> uses speed to create easy opportunities for himself. Solid athlete with good leaping ability. I think they undersell you on that. Uh, makes, makes up in part for his lack of height with a strong Gilbert Arenas-type frame. Oh, Have you ever great. thought of yourself as Gilbert Arenas-like? I mean, no, until I seen him uh, in the open gym my, first, my rookie year in LA. And his, he's like, it, it looks weird. Like, it looks really, really, really weird how broad his shoulders are. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know. Way broader than mine. I know. We're, uh, later during the TBT, they had Wade and CP3 on, and both those guys were talking about you, and they, they felt how you were getting foul calls. I don't know if anybody told you about that. Oh, no, I didn't hear. And, uh, D. Wade said, well, you know, it's going to happen when you get in the way of those shoulders. There's no other, you know, nothing else, nothing they can do. So um, here's the, the last one. Solid passing ability and, and he moves the ball well, but he won't, or at least shouldn't, be asked to create for his teammates off the dribble. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you did that all TBT. I mean. Yeah. I mean, uh, everybody has their thing. Yeah. No, I just thought. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm Chris Paul. I can. I won't add that. It's not like Wikipedia. Maybe, maybe I can add it. One, one, <laughs> one shot I did want to talk about, and, and you know, we talked about this before we started. In, you had a lot of big shots for Marquette, but probably the biggest I think is, is the one against Syracuse that gave you guys the lead in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Obviously, we played Syracuse before in the league, knew the zone. You know, that wasn't anything new to you guys. But what do you remember about that possession, um, you know, that play? It came out of a timeout after uh, a Syracuse turnover is tied at 59. Maybe talk through that a little bit of what you remember. And if you knew it was good, you felt it was good. I don't. I don't remember our exact strategy. I know it had to be get a good shot because everybody was pump faking the whole possession, and I just know. Okay, like you said, we played them a lot in their zone. I just, for me, I know as a shooter playing in the zone, if they attack middle or any way they attack, I'm following behind the ball. So every chance I I was trying to get, I was trying to follow behind the ball depending on who was helping, whether it was Dion or uh, Scoop Jardine. So uh, Jimmy pump fakes and goes kind of like right towards the uh, bottom defender. And I'm just feeling right behind him. I stepped right into a clean shot. And uh, it felt great. Uh, the release was great. The follow through was right there. I knew it was good. And um, it was just, it was definitely one of the biggest shots. And uh, I don't think them them coming down, they knew what to do. They panicked. 
definitely painted and uh, gave us the game. Junior hits a couple of huge free throws, not a great free throw shooter, hits them both. You know, there, obviously there was some time left. And before that, it had been like two minutes. Neither team had scored, right? right. It tied, for, it tied forever. Searching for a basket, searching for one. So uh, they, I think they, we might have forced a backcourt. Yeah, there was a backcourt there as well, too. And uh, that, that led to the shot. Well, there's a lot of those, man, and and hopefully a lot more for you overseas. We're going to keep an eye on you, obviously, as we always do. Uh, I know you guys are talking about running it back right away for the TBT next year. Get that $2 million purse back, right? I mean, yeah, back up there where it belongs. Definitely got to run it back. You can't just win the, chip, win the chip and not, you know, you're still a champion until somebody beats you. So. Until somebody uh -huh. beats you. We cannot wait. Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, I appreciate it. Be safe. Good luck. And uh, we'll talk hey, to you quick, on the road. Hey, quick question. Since we won, does that mean is that is it Milwaukee? Uh, I don't know. That, that's TBA on the TBT. I thought you were going to ask if we were putting a banner up. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> I don't know about that. Thanks, man. Good luck. No problem. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and go Marquette!